Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and good morning, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic, because you have finally given us the inside sleeve of a movie. I mean, this is like the, the I go out and I get this great <laughs> album, but I, I don't know the story. I just know that it's right there in front of me, and it's and it's changing every one of us. Yeah, and you know, like a really great song, uh, it, it plays well when you hear it, and the more you hear it, the more obsessed you become, and then you want to know everything about what went into making it. You know what's really interesting about about this book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Chrome, is that w- with it being uh, about Mad Max, I look at the world that we live in today, and especially like in Afghanistan and even over there in Ukraine right now, and go, my God, the- these guys who put this movie together had a vision, and they knew what the planet really looked like. Yeah, you know, it only becomes more uncanny and more sort of eerily prescient as the years go by. A credit to them, maybe not a credit to us in the world that we're living right. in and making. But yeah, it, it was it was wild to write this book during the sort of early months of the pandemic, especially because it seemed like we might be entering our own post-apocalypse. And you look to the film, not just as a great action movie, but as kind of an instructive text. <laughs> it's so true. And it just, it just, you know, as a child, this, it also scared the bejeebies out of me. And then, and then to read that this movie was a tough little monkey to put together, we don't see that side of the story. No, you know, I think we always suspect movies aren't easy to put together. Certainly if you're watching Mad Max Fury Road with how wild it is and how death-defying those action sequences are, you're probably wondering, well, how did they do it? And the crazy thing is, when I talk to other big Hollywood directors, they don't know either. You know, George Miller, who directed this movie, holds all the cards. And when I talk to a fan like Steven Soderbergh, uh, you know, an Oscar-winning director, he's got a great quote about Fury Road. He says, I don't understand how they're not still shooting that film, and I don't understand how hundreds of people aren't dead. <laughs> oh, and and this you know to, it, they did continue to shoot it because there was a lot of series that that followed it. But George Miller, it was a, was a man that I, I still believe deserves more credit than what we give him because this guy's vision was just very long term. Yeah, I mean, well, and the course of his career is so unique. You know, he made three Mad Max movies in the eighties, and since then he did films like Witches of Eastwick, Babe, Happy Feet before returning and making Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. I mean, not a lot of people have that kind of career trajectory, and even fewer of them have the willpower to get a film like Fury Road across the line when after 20 years of trying to make this film, 
everybody was telling him no. Studio executives were telling him no. Actors were telling him no. Even when they started making the film, you know, the actors did not get along. The studio president <laughs> flew out to Namibia where they were shooting to shut it down. It's a wild story. <laughs> but see, people said yes to you in order to put blood, sweat, and chrome together because, I mean, the way that you bring this story together is it's like, wow, wow. How, how did you get the yes where everybody else got the no? You know, I thought that the linchpin would be Charlize. Charlize Theron as Furious in this movie it's an indelible performance. I think it's like a high watermark of action movie heroines. And I knew that if she said yes, we could not only talk about why the film is so great, but why it was so hard. She has never shied away from the fact that this was a difficult experience for her, that her and Tom Hardy have never gotten along. But she's also never gone into it in the depth that I asked her to. And it's a real credit to her that she was willing to talk about those things. And about those feuds, because she knows everyone's going to write about it. They're going to write about me writing about it. Yep. She's going to have this new round of headlines about how they didn't get along. But she wanted to be honest, and she wanted to be real. That is so funny that you say that, because that's how that's how I first found out about this book was on Google News. You writing about Charlize. I mean, that, that just that blows me away that you would bring that up. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm heartened because there's been such a reaction to the book. I mean, I knew, obviously, this is a very big movie, and it's only gotten bigger in the years since. But people remain so curious about this movie, about those stars. And I think even just for people who aren't Mad Max fans, this is a pretty crazy story. If you've ever wondered how a Hollywood movie gets made, there isn't a wilder, crazier story than this one, where the end result somehow, against all odds, turns out to be a masterpiece. You know, and, and the way that you put Blood, Sweat, and Chrome together, it's almost like you are inside our theater of the mind. It, it's almost like they had to do this movie in order for you to tell a story. And and you're not, you're not like sitting there doing chronological, of, you know, things happening the way that they did. You, you actually bring us in to the picture and make us a part of it. Well, that's very nice of you to say, Arrow. You know, I really wanted to cast a wide net when it came to interviewing people. I talked to over 130 people who were involved with this movie, not just people like Tom and Charlize and the actors and George Miller, but, you know, crew members, set PAs, costumers, the people who don't usually get to do these sorts of interviews. And it was a really gratifying thing because they all have great stories. And I also think when you get to put them in that book alongside people like Tom and Charlize, giving you a clear picture of how movies are made. It's not just about the big celebrities. It's about everybody, hundreds of people, pitching in to make this thing the beast that it is. Well, you even give kudos to the stuntmen. And I, I mean, I, when, when I first started reading that, I'm going, holy cow, cow this, is, this is what the guy needs to do. People need to know what it takes to make a real movie. And putting the stuntman inside your story really works. Yeah, and I love, you know, getting the inside scoop from the stuntmen. Oh you know, how they conferred with Cirque du Soleil to put together some of these stunts. How they were doing these things for real. It wasn't green screen. It wasn't CGI. They were out there in the desert. Those cars were really moving. And they were doing some of the most insane stunts you've ever seen and some of the most dangerous ones for real. So do, did you grow up in a world where it was where you got your information from great magazines, Rolling Stone and things like that? Because it seems like today is nothing but clickbait and you, you don't know if the story is true or not. But you I mean, the way that you write, it had to have come from somewhere. 
I know what you mean, and I appreciate that. You know, uh, I, I want to pour one out for Entertainment Weekly, which yes. is about to seize operations next month. That that magazine was instrumental to me, you know, because I love movies, I love TV, I love music, but I've always wanted to know more, you know, that feeling where when you love something, you want to know about the love that went into making it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been fascinated by that. I've, I've read a lot of good books on the making of movies, um, but they're usually about the, you know, the tumultuous making of a flop. And I wanted to write about the tumultuous making of a masterpiece because <laughs> that's harder and rarer and crazier. The book we're talking about is Blood, Sweat, and Chrome. You you dive into something that a lot of people probably don't know about, but they will, thanks to your writing, when the heart gets in the way. Ooh, not a good place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, in some respects, a good place. You want to put your heart into the thing, but it's not easy. In fact, a lot of the time when I was talking to the director, George Miller, I'm like, how did you shield your heart? <laughs> because, you know, if, if, if something took 20 years to make, if this, if this conversation arrow took 20 years to come to fruition and I kept getting no, 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 I would just give up hope at some point. I would abandon ship. I would say this isn't meant to be. And George Miller followed his heart and his willpower and said, this movie is playing on a loop in my head and it's fabulous <laughs> and I want to be able to share it and I'm going to keep plugging at it even when people tell me I can't. Do you take this book to, let's say, a documentary on Netflix or Hulu or do you turn it into a podcast? Because yes, you're playing inside our imagination. Yes, we can see the pictures, but I know there's got to be something going on playing in your head too, ongoing. We shall see. It would be a fascinating thing if, you know, a, a book about a movie turned out to be its own movie someday. But there may be things in the works uh, in that regard. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed. Well, look at what happened with The Disaster Artist, dude. I mean, that was about a movie. Yeah, and I think people are more interested these days in sort of, you know, how the sausage gets made, especially when <laughs> the story of the making of the movie is as crazy as anything you see on screen. Man, I, I can't thank you enough for giving yourself permission to do Blood, uh, Sweat, and Chrome because, I mean, you really you really did bring something to the people here today. And, and, you know, I grew up reading the National Enquirer. This is the kind of stuff I like, but I like a real story. Yeah, no, I, I do too. I, I wanted to get the real story from all these people. I'm so excited for people to get to read it now and tell me what they think. Yeah. you got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Kyle. The door is always going to be open for you, sir. Happily, Arrow. Will you be brilliant today? I'll try my best.